This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians 4. We've been talking about understanding God. Now, I believe it's very important that we understand who God is, but I think it's important we understand also who our enemy is. I mean, you, you think about, and I'll use the analogy of football again, that not only do you watch film of your own self and see where you made mistakes and what you did right and wrong, you spend hours watching film of the opponent so you know what they do. Well, it's very similar in this with the things of God. We, we got to understand what the devil does and doesn't do and what God does and what God doesn't do. Now, one of our main texts last week was John 10.10, 10, the thief, the devil comes but to kill, steal, and destroy. So right there in John 10.10, 10, it tells me the character of the devil. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. But it says at the end of verse 10, I, the Lord Jesus, have come to give you life and that more abundantly. God wants to bless us with life. Do you know that evil still exists in this world? And I'm just going to be truthful to you here. Evil is going to continue existing in this world. And it's probably going to get worse until Jesus comes back. Now, I don't tell you that to put fear in you. I tell you that to rise up and start trusting God and believe in him. Now, we go to 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. And before we get there, just understand this, that, that God created mankind as free will beings. In other words, he gave me and you the opportunity to choose. We get to choose everything in our life. Just about, not ever. I mean, just the only thing you didn't. You didn't choose your color or your skin. You didn't choose male or female. You just came into the earth, okay? But a lot of things we do choose. We choose a lot of things. And understand this, that just because God gives us the freedom to choose, in this place called earth, there's still sickness, there's disease, there's calamity, there's war, and there's trouble. And just because they're in this earth or they're allowed to be in this earth doesn't mean it's God's will, doesn't mean it's God's best, okay? 2 Corinthians 4, verse 1. Let's begin. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. I can't quit. I can't give up. I just got to keep on. Galatians 6, 9 says, don't grow weary in doing good because in due season you'll reap. Just keep on. But we have renounced or we have rejected the hidden things of shame. The disgraceful things we've done. Now, you don't have to raise your hand. How many in this room has ever done disgraceful things? Whew, some of us have really marked that one up. But he said, you know what? You don't have to live under that. That's what this is exactly saying. He said, not walking in the craftiness, the deceit, nor handling the word of God deceitfully. Now, one translation says, don't handle the word of God in an adulterating way. Now, what was he talking about right here? Well, Paul, he, he's condemning those who take the word of God and try to twist the word of God. And he said, don't handle it deceitfully. Get away from that. Take the word for what the word says, okay? He goes on to say, the last part. But by the manifestations of the truth, in other words, there's going to be some things that the Lord said in Mark 16. He said, I'll confirm my, my word with signs following that the manifestation of the truth, committing ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But even if our gospel, the good news, is veiled or hidden, 
It is veiled to those who are perishing, meaning those who are lost or those who are spiritually dead. Verse 4. Whose minds the God of this age has blinded. Now, this, this is a truth here. We've got to really see tonight, okay? The Amplified says, for the God of this world. Now, read it again, the first part of verse 4. Whose mind the God of this age has blinded. When I read that, that tells me the God of this age doesn't want me and you seeing certain things. So who is the God of this age? Now, just look at that verse in your Bible if you got it. If you'll notice in there, it's little g. It's little g, okay? He's telling me and you right here, the God of this age or the God of this world is the devil. He has a legal right to be here, okay? He's going to be here until Jesus comes back. And you know what he does as long as he's here? He kills, he steals, and he destroys. He's a thief. He's a liar. He's a murderer. Every bit of that is the Bible. Oh, that's John 8, 44, John 8, 10, 10. So we keep reading this here. The God of this age has blinded who, who, who do not believe, least the light of the gospel, least the light of the good news of the glory of Christ, who is in the image of God, should shine on them. If you'll notice that last part there about God down there at the bottom, look at the way God is spelled at the last part of First John or Second Corinthians four four. It's big G this time. <laughs> it's Yahweh, the great God, El Shaddai. Okay, and so He's letting me and you know right here in this passage that the devil is the god of this earth, and he uses the, anything he can to get us off track. He'll use money, he'll use power, he'll use pleasure. And so when I reject the gospel, I'm rejecting that in favor of other things in my life. And most of us, unknowingly, we reject Jesus for the other things of this world. And by doing that, whether you realize it or not, the God of this world becomes your father. Now I'm either going to act like Father God, or I'm going to act like the devil. Now, in my own life, I used to act like the devil. Big time. But when the gospel came into my life and it gave my heart to Jesus, things changed. Remember it said that he would shine on us. So understand this. The devil will do everything he can to blind your eyes from the truth. One of the greatest prayers you can pray, not only for yourself... But your family members that don't know the Lord, is you tell the devil, you're not going to blind their eyes no more. Can we do that? Absolutely. In the name of Jesus, you do that. You, you stand against him. Now, right there in, in our Bibles where it says, whose mind the God of this age has blinded, it cross-referenced that back to John chapter 12. Turn to John 12, verse 31, and, and let's just follow this. Let's see what it says here because it'll have to do with just what we read. Now, I encourage you at times when you read your Bible, look at those little cross-references and begin to follow them. And just keep following. Actually, a lot, of, a lot of days in my office, that's all I do all day. 
I've been known to cross-reference one verse for six straight hours. I'll just keep following it. I'll keep following it. I'll keep following it. And it just, it'll set you free. It'll change the way you do things. John 12, verse 31. And listen to what it says. Now, this moment or this time is the judgment of this world. Now, the reason the world is going to have judgment because it's in crisis. It's in bad shape. Now is the judgment of this world. Now, listen real close. Now, the ruler of this world will be cast out. So when Jesus comes back to judge the world, what did it say? The ruler of this world will be cast out. So he's just, he's just telling me and you, who's the ruler of this world? You can answer that. The devil is. The devil's the ruler. Now, listen to what some of the other translations say. The New Living says, when Satan, the ruler of this world, is cast out. So it becomes very important for me and you to live with allegiance to God and his word. Why? Why is it important to live in allegiance to God? Something happens, guys, when I, when I begin to pray. Something happens when I begin to ask God. Why is it important for you to pray? Why is it important for you to ask God? Because God will not do things unless you ask him. How do I know that? Is this God's desire that every man be saved? It is. But you don't get saved without what? Asking Jesus to come into your heart. Will God forgive every one of us? Yep. But the only way he forgives us is when we confess our sins and we ask him to forgive us. So literally what we do is when we pray and we ask Father God, we're giving him permission to move in our life. Okay? That's why it's important we pray. Turn with me to Matthew 16. I want you to see this. Matthew 16. How do we ask and how do we pray? Always in the name of Jesus. Always. Father God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. We'll wear that name out, okay? Now, right here in Matthew 16, this is the passage where Jesus was hanging out with the disciples. And he said, boys, who, who do men say that I am? And he said, well, some say you're the prophet. Some say you're priest. Say it. Some say you're John the Baptist. And he looks at them and he says, but who do you say I am? Now, that's the million-dollar question for every one of us in this room. I don't care who Grandma Sally says you are. I don't care who, who Uncle Buck says, who do you say I am? And Peter says, you're the Christ, you're the Messiah. And Jesus responds to him and says, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. So I want you to look at, at, at Matthew 16, verse 18. And I also say to you that you are Peter... And on this rock, I will build my church. You know what the church is? It's people, okay? I'll build my church with people. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against the, the church. Now watch this. And I will give you the ones who have confessed Jesus as Lord of their life. I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Now when you got the keys, you know what that means? You got the power. The keys represent authority. So Jesus said, I give you the keys of the kingdom. Now watch what he says next. And whatever you, you, you believers, you ones who confess me, whatever you bind, where? Right here on earth will be bound in heaven. The word bind there means to forbid. It means to lock up. And so he's saying right here, I've given you the keys. 
And whatever you loose on earth, not when we get to heaven, right now. Whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. The word loose there means whatever you permit or whatever you unlock. And so guess what Jesus is saying? Here, guys, I've given you the keys. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. So right there, I'm just teaching you spiritual authority. He's given me a new authority. Now, we can use that. You've got to use the name of Jesus. And remember this right here. This will help you. Your loosing and your binding is all based on the word of God, okay? Don't go in there and start loosing 10 brand new Escalades, okay? But I do have the right to say in the name of Jesus, I loose the resources of heaven. Here's a great question for you. If it's allowed in heaven, it'll be allowed right here on earth. What do you think's allowed in heaven? Happiness. Peace, joy. There's no sickness in heaven. Okay? But he's given me and you authority over the devil. This is all Ephesians 6, 10 through 12. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers, darkness, spiritual wickedness, and high places. The only way we do that is through the name of Jesus. Let me give you real quick a, a little description of this that will help you, I believe. The Bible school I went to way, 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 way back many years ago, the president of it back in 1954, he had a vision. The Lord gave him a vision. And he says he's sitting there seeing Jesus face to face. And he begins to, to hear Jesus start talking to him. And all of a sudden, this little, little demon shows up. And he said, as Jesus was talking to me, the demon started yakking. Yakety yak, 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 yak. And he said, it was like he caused a, a smoke or a fog to come. And he said, I could hardly see Jesus. And I could hardly hear him. And he said, the, the more Jesus talked, the more the demons started. Yakety, yak, yakety, yak, 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 yak. And he said, I kept looking at Jesus like, Jesus, when are you going to do something about it? And he said, Jesus just kept talking. I couldn't hear nothing. And so finally he said, at the top of my lungs, I said, shut up in the name of Jesus. And he said, when I got real authoritative in the name of Jesus, he said, that little demon whimpered off. Now get this. Jesus looked at him and said, I'm glad you did that. If you wouldn't have done that, there's nothing I could have done. Kenneth Hagin looked at him and said, whoa, 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 whoa. There's nothing you wouldn't have done or couldn't have done. And Jesus said to him, there's nothing I could have done. I've already done everything I'm going to do. I gave you the keys. I gave you the name. So again, that tells me and you right here. And he's given me great authority. So understand, when there's junk going on in your house, don't put up with it. And you know, people may think you're a wacko. And it's all right. And I'm always speaking the things of Jesus in my house. I mean, if there's ever tension in my house, I'll tell you, uh-uh, nope. Not in the name of Jesus. You're out. You're out. Get out. Get out. And that's what you got to do. I mean, when your kids don't sleep good at night, start speaking the name of Jesus. Some of you looking like he's crazy. Well, I am. I'm crazy for Jesus. Go to the book of Deuteronomy 30. Woo, I went way off, guys. Deuteronomy chapter 30. I went around the block, but that was all free. <laughs> it was good. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And you got to get a hold of those things, okay? 
got to get a hold of it. Because oftentimes in our life as human beings, we're, we're used to everything being such a physical struggle. You know, we want, we want to fight, we want to fight. But listen, guys, you're never going to be able to punch the devil in the head physically. Man, you can wreak havoc on him in the name of Jesus. <laughs> you speak that name because uh, Colossians 2.15 said, he, he destroyed principalities and powers. He destroyed them. It said he made a public display of them. So you know what happened when Jesus went to hell? Not only did he bruise the devil's head, that's all in the Bible. But he, he took every demon and he marched them around hell and he said, sickness, he's under my feet. You, you, you devils of torment, you, uh, you're under my feet. The problem with the body of Christ is we don't know our inheritance. We don't know who we are in Christ. And so this is all this is. Now, we, we, we're going to move on. Deuteronomy 30, verse 11. Deuteronomy 30, verse 11. For this commandment, which I command you today, is not too mysterious for you, nor is it far off. Now, what he's talking about here is he said, you can understand it. It's not too difficult for you to understand. It's not beyond your reach. It is not in heaven that you should say, who will ascend into heaven for us and bring to us that we may hear it and do it. Nor is it beyond the sea that you should say, who will go over the sea for us and bring to us that we should hear it and do it. Now, when I read what he's talking about there in verses 12 and 13, what's he talking about? What's he's talking about that you can hear it and you can do it? Well, look what he says in verse 14. He's talking about the word of God. But the word of God is very near you. In your mouth, in your heart, that you may do it. So again, guys, I've got to get the word of God in my mouth. Speak the word of God out of your mouth. Start saying about yourself what the word of God says. Start saying about your children what the word of God says. And he said something interesting there. That he said if you get it in your mouth and you believe it in your heart. You know what it will lead to? You'll begin to do it. You'll begin to obey. You'll begin to see yourself the way God says you are and how he sees you. So it's important that you start saying what God says. I'm a mighty man of valor. Pastor, I'm lying. No, you're not. You're just saying what God said about you. I'm a man after God's own heart. I just start confessing the word of God. Revelation 12, 11 says, I'm an overcomer by the blood of Jesus. I'm an overcomer. I'm an overcomer by the blood of Jesus. So again, I'm getting my mouth in line with the word of God. We keep reading. Verse 15. See, I have set before you today... Life and good, death and evil. You know what he said right there? I'm giving you a choice today. Life and good, prosperity or disaster, but I'm giving it to you. Now, he said today. I don't have to wait till next week. He said today. You got to make the choice today. Keep reading. Verse 16. In that I command you today. To love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commandments, his statutes, his judgment, that you may live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. Now, verse 15 is a result of obeying verse 16. Verse 17. But if, and those are two crazy words right there, but and if. We used to say this all the time as little kids. 
If if and buts were candy and nuts, what a Merry Christmas we'd have. But and if your heart turns away so that you do not hear, you quit hearing the word of God and are drawn away and you worship other gods and serve them. Now, oftentimes when we see this where we worship other gods and serve them, we have the back of our mind. We, we worship some false god, some false religion. But every one of us in this room, we can, we can worship idols that we don't even view their idols. I mean, it can be pro football. You can be an idol worshiper of pro football. You can be dominated by it. Does God not like football? I think he loves it. But he's not going to be dominated by it. You, you can be dominated by going to the mall. You can be dominated by going to the movies. You can be God, dominated by vacation. You can be dominated with money. Money can become your God. And so this is what he's telling you. you got to hang on to the word of God or the things of this earth are going to pull you in. So he says, I announce to you today. Now that's the third or fourth time he's used the word today. I announce to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not prolong your days in the land which you cross over the Jordan to go and possess. Now, the impact of my choices and your choices are far beyond me. They're far beyond just you. Now, this is a verse we really got to get a hold of. Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you. That I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Now, this is interesting to me because it's almost like this big, big table, this massive table. And at this table, at this end, is life and this end is death. At this end is blessing and this end is curse. Now, watch what he tells us. Therefore, choose life. Choose life. See, God does not force us to do anything. He's telling us here our options. It's either going to be life or it's going to be death. It's going to be blessing or it's going to be cursing. And then he says, I'm really going to help you. Choose life. But he won't force us to. If you want to uh, choose death, if you go ahead. But that's not his best. And so when you see this right here, there's a choice for every one of us. Now, what I said earlier, as far as this impacts more than just you, look how he ends verse 19. That both you and your descendants may live. The choices I make here on this earth will ultimately affect my children. Whew. And so I like to say it this way. I want to be a generational history maker. With blessings. But again, understand this. So many times in our life, when we begin to look at, at things that are happening in our lives, you can almost trace them through bloodlines. Does it have to be that way? No. God always looks for ones that says, you know what, Father God? I'm going to choose life. I'm going to choose blessing. I'm going to change the patterns of our life. I'm going to change the patterns of our home. I mean, I've seen it over and over and over and over and over and over and over. And every one of us in this room have some form of generational iniquities. It, it may be something to the degree of, of, of 
suicide. It could be the degree that, like in my life, alcohol. I begin to trace alcohol back. My grandfather died of alcohol. It became a stronghold in my own life. So you can go back and see that. I've seen that in divorce. I've seen that in anger. Oftentimes when a father's very angry, his descendants, his children will be angry. They'll have to deal with it. Look how he ends this way. That you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, and that you may cling to him. For he is your life and the length of your days, and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, to give them. Now I read that to say, you make your choice by the way you love God. By the way you obey God. The way you live for God. And so it's easy. When I choose to say Lord I'm going to live for you. I'm going to do my best. And you know what when I blow it. I'm going to repent. And I'm going to get back up. And I'm going to go again. You know in the Proverbs it says a righteous man may fall seven times. But he'll get back up. The only time we lose is when we don't get back up. I don't care what you've done. Just get back up. I blew it, Lord, here I am. I blew it, I blew it, I blew it. And I'll only tell you this. I've stood right here in this place many days and said, Father God, I've blown it for the thousandth time this week in that area. I repent, you got to help me. you got to help me. But you begin to see right here to understand God. You know what he says? I'm going to give you the ability to choose. What do you want to choose? Man, I'm going to choose life. I'm going to choose blessing. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.